Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Overnight Success Podcast, brought to you by Maria Hatsi Stefanis. Maria is the founder of Rodial and Nippin Fab, best selling author, and on a mission to help you achieve your dreams. Maria's highly anticipated third book, How to Live Your Best Life, is now available on Amazon. Hi, guys. I am Maria. Hi, Liv. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm very well. Very good to see you. Yeah, you too. Nice to see you again. What's the topic for today then? (laughs) I don't know. You tell me. What is the topic? The topic for today is something that I know that you're reluctant to discuss uh, because the topic today is you and it's going to be about you and your life and your career so far. Oh no, I I don't want to talk about that. Well, you're going to have to. (laughs) Uh... It's very important for this podcast that we discuss your life, your career and your work. So it puts everything else in context so we understand the other episodes and what they're about and how you've got to where you are today and why we're talking about this stuff. Mm. I'm sorry, some people who are listening might know it already, but some people will not, and it's my job to make you talk about your life, so. Okay, all right, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna be a good sport, let's do it. Okay, good, I'll try and make it as painless as possible. But uh, for those listening, hopefully this will be a good chance for you to just learn more about Maria and just kind of learn about what Maria's done with her life and, and why we're doing this podcast at all. Okay, so. I want us to travel back in time to the Mm. very beginning of your career. Okay. Because um, you had a bit of a shaky start at the beginning, right? Yes, I did. So I was always passionate about beauty and fashion. I started as a beauty writer. I did that for a bit. Then moved to New York to study for an MBA. I started business and went into banking just because everyone else was going into banking. But honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And then I got fired. And you know what? That was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I didn't know it at the time. I was really shocked. But it forced me to look into myself and realize who I wanted to be. When you got fired, were you really upset or were you kind of relieved? I was devastated. I was feeling like a failure. Here I am, you know, I've studied business. I got this job. My parents were proud for me. 
and I, I felt like I disappointed my company, I disappointed my family. I, I was devastated, yeah. I know, it's so sad. Why were you fired? <laughs> you know, um, nothing, nothing happens by chance. I just wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I was excited to be in the business world and finance was very exciting. But then, you know, everyone else was reading the Financial Times and I was reading Vogue. I just didn't fit in there. <laughs> no. It wasn't the right place for me. Well, it's, so, not, it's not known for being a place where creativity thrives, is it? It's yeah, <laughs> and I guess I miss that. I'm, I'm, I'm a creative person. I do, don't take me wrong, I, I like business and I can be super organized and, and on it, but it just was too rigid for me. And I wasn't passionate, this was showing. And that's why I was fired. Great. Well, thank God you were fired. Yeah. <laughs> so going back then, so you you were kind of distraught. You were like, oh, and then kind of annoyed. And then, so how? What happened then? In between then and you founding Rodeo, like what was the what was the early stages of launching your company? So after getting fired, I really wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And going back to when I was fourteen years old. I was born and raised in this remote island back in Greece. We didn't even have a beauty store. And I remember I was getting ready to go out with a girlfriend of mine. We didn't have makeup at the time. And we needed a bit of color in our cheeks. I got hold of one of my mom's lipsticks and I mixed it up with an old fashioned Nivea cream in that blue tin and create the first ever cream blush. I got really excited, said, ooh, I can create products. And that was the first time that I got thinking, mm, you know, beauty is really cool and this is maybe something for me for the future. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where it all started in terms of me being passionate about beauty. And after getting fired, I, thought about my passions. I thought about my days working in the beauty industry as a beauty writer. I put one and one together and I said, you know, beauty is my future. So, you know, I did some research and I figured out there was a gap in the market for a skincare range that offered targeted treatments for specific skin concerns. And I wanted to come up with cool names and luxury packaging and in a way disrupt beauty and bring some personality and excitement into skincare because it can be fun and it doesn't have to be boring or dull. And that's what Rodiel is all about. Yeah, so as you kind of like found a, a little an area of the beauty industry that you could just kind of like get stuck into. Like, you basically found a gap in the market. Yes. And that's hard. Mm. Well, good for you for doing that. But that was, was that quite a difficult process to do the research for? Like, you know. Yeah. That's quite, that's what, like, what everyone dreams to do. And you just kind of did it. Like when we look back on things like this, it always sounds easier than it was. But was that quite a lot of trial and error that built up to that or? Yeah, so obviously not coming from the beauty business uh, background, I had to do a lot of research. So what I did the first year, I visited a lot of beauty trade shows. I did a lot of research on the internet. I read articles. I met anyone who 
wanted to meet with me from the beauty industry and I was just absorbing everything like a sponge and doing my research. Um, the first thing that I needed to do is find a lab that would put together my formulas because I knew what I wanted to do, but obviously I didn't have a chemist background. And um, after visiting various labs all over Europe and the UK, I found this amazing lab that is actually based in London and we do work together 18 years later. And um, I, I was sat down, I said, this, this is my idea, this is my vision, these are the products that I want to create. And they got it. And we started working together and it, it's been one of those, you know, we're like family right now and it's great. Oh, that's so nice. So back then when you were in conversation with the lab, you must have had to have some money to start the business. Where did you get that initial funding from? Because I mean, there'll be people listening now who don't really have much, but they want to start something. And how did you begin? Did you have some money saved up or? Mm. Well, you know, as every new business, I did try to secure external investment, but unfortunately I wasn't able to. So I had to start really small. Um, I had a few savings. Uh, my husband supported me and I was just bootstrapping the business every day using credit cards. And I, you know, if I would make a little bit of money. I would invest it back into the business and, and bootstrapping it by the day. And at the beginning, I was just working from a back room at home and I did everything myself. I was a one woman show, created the products, work with the manufacturers. I would pitch my products to the stores, do the PR. And during the weekends, I would go to the stores and sell my product. I was doing everything by myself. Wow. Just from the little back room in your house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a really nice bit um, that I remember from your book where you talk about how you basically like set up <laughs> an office in the local Starbucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. For, for like a really long time, <gasps> having meetings in there, working in there, like using that as your base. I think people kind of turn their nose up at that these days because they want to be seen to be like in WeWork or they want to have their own studio. But I guess for someone starting out a business, that's kind of like a, mm. it's a really good thing to do because you can do these things. You can do meetings, you can have a desk, you can have free Wi-Fi, coffee, like what else do you need? Yeah, it, absolutely. The, I, I guess the most difficult thing working out of a Starbucks was when I wanted to meet employees or people I wanted to hire. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to bring them home. Obviously, that would be super unprofessional. But then I didn't have an office. So they didn't know how big or small the company was. And I would say, let's meet up at Starbucks. Mm. And a lot of people would see this as really weird that there wasn't <laughs> an office and we were meeting out of Starbucks. Some people would think, oh, we're meeting because she's out there yeah. having external meetings. No, no, this but is no, the this office. Is, this is the office. So I, I, I do think I lost a few candidates because they didn't appreciate that we didn't have an office. But it was what, what it was. And um, yeah, I just had a lot of coffee at the time. Yeah, to justify me being there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everyone must go through such a difficult time in the early stages because, as you say, people don't see you with an office or this kind of like a professional thing. So you must suffer quite a lot of rejection in the early days. Um, what was the kind of hardest thing you experienced like really early on in, in the starting of your companies? Yeah, well, there is this misconception that you create a product and then next day it's in a store. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. Um, one of my 
one of my dreams when I first started the business, I wanted to sell Rodial at a very prestigious department store. And I thought it would be easy. I, I send the product, send them an email, call them, I try to book a meeting, uh, but I wasn't getting a response. I was really disappointed. So I would follow up every year and this went on for a while. They would either not reply to me or they would send an email back saying, we don't have space for you. The timing is not right. Um, but you know what? I got disappointed momentarily, but then I still had it in the back of my mind. And then finally, one day, seven years later, they replied and we had the meeting and they agreed to give me a tiny shelf to display my product. <laughs> and that Hooray! was, it was a, the smallest shelf ever. <laughs> but honestly, that was a dream come true to get my products in that department store. After that, I had to work my butt off to make sure the products were successful and I would go to the store, sell them to customers. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I always remember how every no that I got in my career drove me to work harder and turn that no into a yes. And this is one of the examples where it took me seven years to turn that no into a yes. Mm. But it's all about persevering and hustling. And at the end, you'll get there. Yeah, that's the most important thing. I mean, to think that you were like on the shop floor, like flogging your wares yeah. from your tiny shelf. It's a really nice image, but I think you should you should have to go through that. Like, you know, you're, you're your business's best um, PR, really, aren't you? Because you know it inside out and you're the most enthusiastic person about it. So yeah, it has you, to be you. You have to. Yeah. So when do you feel like you got your first big break? Mm. Snake Serum put us on the map. Um, this is a product. Yeah. Yeah. It was year five of running the business. We just moved into a small office uh, after working for five years from a back room at home. And I was meeting with my team of two at the time. We just received some new samples of a new anti-aging serum from the lab. And I look at the list of ingredients and one of the ingredients related to Viper Venom. I got really excited and I said to my team, oh, we have to call this product snake serum. And they said, you must be crazy. We're going to go out of business. <laughs> uh, but I insisted and I talked them into it. We capitalized on the name. We made the product all black. We did a photo shoot with snakes and it, it was insane. The buzz that we got out of that was out of this world. The phone started ringing. We were getting orders from everywhere. We opened new markets from Germany to Canada to Japan. We're sending pallets of products to new stores. It was insane. And it was snake serum that took our business to the next level. Why did you choose the name Snake Serum? Because it was because of the Viper Venom. Yes. And I wanted to do something that people would remember. Yeah. Because remember, you know, we were a small brand. We didn't have advertising budgets. Um, this is, it is an anti-aging serum. But if I call the product anti-aging serum, put it in a plain packaging, who would remember it? So how long was it after the creation of Rodeal and all the kind of the buzz around that? Was it that you decided that you were ready to launch a second brand? Mm. Well, Rodeal was um, running for a few years and 
I noticed a trend of a lot of luxury brands doing collaborations with the high street. There was Karl Lagerfeld with H&M and Stella McCartney with Gap. And all those exciting luxury brands that were getting exposure to a wider audience without compromising their DNA. So I thought, you know what, we can do this with Rodial and bring some of the concepts into the wider audience with affordable prices. And that's when Nip and Fab was born. And at the beginning, both of the brands, they had um, some of the, they shared some of the same ingredients. But over the years, Nip and Fab developed its own distinct personality. And it's now our super exciting millennial brand with our best-selling ranges include glycolic, salicylic, and a thin skin range. Amazing. That's so, it must have been hard to juggle the two though. I guess it's a bit like having a baby and then decide to have another baby quite soon after, you know? It must have been quite difficult to, yeah, just to do both and to have faith in both of them and not let the old one kind of maybe fall by the wayside a bit, perhaps? Mm. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, there was, as with any new project, I didn't know where this was going to go and if it would be around a year later. But, you know, as everything that I do, it's let's just do this and then we'll figure it out along the way. It was hard at the beginning, but then I got, um, I hired people that would um, give Nip and Fab a new direction and slowly started splitting the companies um, to the point that we now have different teams that that manage the new product development and marketing. And every brand has a very distinct feel and audience. Yeah, that's great. Also, um, I guess over time, like Rodeo and and Nip and Fab started being used by celebrities. And even now they use, you know, by everyone from like Kim Kardashian to Ellie Goulding and, you know, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, how did you manage to build a celebrity following and how important is that in the beauty industry? So when I first started, I had zero budget for any PR or marketing. And um, very early on, and this is before the age of social media, I, I was really good at connecting with agents and publicists and sending a lot of free product with the hope that their celebrity clients would love it and talk about it in an interview. This was before the age that um, you would have sponsored posts and celebrities were paid to yeah. promote a product. These were the times pre-social media that things like that could happen and you could get like a free credit. Um, and I remember there was a point, it was probably a few years into the business that I got a call from a US PR agency based in LA. They were organizing the um, one of the Oscars after party and they wanted to get hold of the snake serum. And so they said, we'd love to include the product in the goodie bags. Uh, We need 2,000 pieces. And I kind of freaked out because 2,000 pieces was my production for the year at the time. So that was a big investment. Um, And I thought, what am I going to do? It's a great opportunity. But then this may result to nothing. You may give away 2,000 products. And yes, they may go into the hands of celebrities, but there is no guarantee that anyone is going to talk about them or on, or mention them in an interview. Um, so I decided to go with it, take the risk, and That's say, so hard. And, you know, it's hard because it was it was a big financial investment from my end, and uh, I didn't know if we would have a result. But I thought, you know what, we'll go with it. It's a risk. Uh, I I can live with the result of not having any result. 
And it, it actually went crazy. It was an amazing year. Everyone was there from, from Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Lopez to Tom Cruise. I mean, every celebrity was there that year. And on the back of that, for the next six months, there were um, quite a few of them who actually talked to the press. And I think the name, again, the name Snake Serum, yeah. it's something so memorable that also the actors wanted to talk about it and say, oh, you know, I'm using this amazing new product. It's yeah. called Snake. It makes them look cool as well when they, they're in the know and they're using And it's something. like they discovered it. And... Yeah, they've discovered it. So we got a lot of attention and it's, one of the risks uh, that pay off. So yeah, that's that's how Rodial was discovered by celebrities. And I guess nowadays, as you say, like with Instagram, it's just it's just sort of par for the course, isn't it? I mean, in terms of like making a brand now, you just assume that that's kind of part of the plan is to get it endorsed on Instagram or get it um, into the hands of celebrities so they can post about it. That's but I guess mm. yeah, back then it wasn't as so easy. And I can't even imagine that time where you can't make celebrities kind of they, there's no outlet for them just to talk about beauty and fashion apart from in, in interviews mm. and you have to kind of rely on them mentioning your product it's yeah. kind of bonkers because compared to now where it's like just so normal yeah i mean it's you know what it's sometimes you can get lucky and you do get a celebrity to genuinely like your product even now so when um when we work with this makeup artist in LA and he was doing a shoot with Kylie Jenner when she was just 16 and she was just starting out with with getting campaigns and um he gave her our glycolic pads she loved the product posted it on Instagram and it that this was before the time that she was getting paid for for posts and um suddenly we're getting all those calls, her fans wanted to find out about Nip and Fab and what is this product, what is this brand. Um, I connected with her manager and then we made her as the first ever face of Nip and Fab. And that was actually her first beauty campaign. Uh, and she was just about turning 17. Um, so, you know, that goes to show you that the relations with celebrity may start in an organic way mm -hmm. and then you can take it to the next level. And I do, uh, you know, I do hope that that campaign inspired her to create her makeup range, which she did launch a year later. So yeah. we had something to do with that. That's nice. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> there's, there's also times that um, we genuinely have a celebrity fan that there's been, uh, there hasn't been a campaign. For example, Ellie Golding, she's been a fan of Rodial for years and Jordan Dan. Yeah. And they just love the products. We we send them to them. They, they use them. They're big fans. They talk about them to the press. And and we're very grateful. Yeah, that's so nice. That's kind of what you want, isn't it? Mm. And what are your, I mean, outside of that, what are your, um, just your best-selling products? What are the hoi polloi buy? <laughs> right, so when it comes to the best sellers, Snake Serum is always a bestseller just because this is the product that put us on the map and it has all this history and it, it's actually a very, very effective product to freeze fine lines and, and wrinkles. Um, the Dragon's Blood range is our number one selling range with mm -hmm. lots of lots of bestsellers there. Um, I am now very excited. We've just launched a vitamin C range that's doing really well. And on the makeup side, the banana powder and the XXL mascara are just flying off the shelves. Excellent. Good to know.
I should go and pick out some snakes here myself. <laughs> and what about the other, like, you must have um, come into contact with loads of amazing, like, makeup artists. Uh, for instance, didn't you work with Mario and Mary Phillips? Is there anyone yes. else you've worked with that just kind of changed the way you thought about makeup and beauty? Yeah, I mean, we've worked with uh, with Mario, with Mary, with Patty Dubrov. Um, and, and makeup is a, is a new category for both of brands, both Frodial and Nip and Fab. Um, and it was very important to establish makeup as having its own personality and mm-hmm. not just being an afterthought of skincare. And we've been fortunate enough that the top makeup artists have embraced our makeup and they use it on their celebrity clients. Mario works with Kim Kardashian and has been doing her looks for the Met and, and all the big events. Uh, Mary Phillips works with Kendall and Bella. And it's just very exciting to see how they use our products to create their looks. Yeah, that's amazing. So somehow, like during all this, like during your hectic work life, you managed to actually sit down and find the time to write a best-selling book, which is how to be an overnight success. And I wanted to know, do you believe in the term overnight success? What does it What does it mean to you? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, it took me 18 years. Um, So with the book, I caught some people off guard when they read it, waiting to find a miracle formula to become an overnight success. But it does take more than a good idea to achieve success. And sometimes people don't know the journey that it takes to get your dream off the ground. They just assume it just happened. But it takes much more than that. Overnight success for me is just overnight exposure. Yeah. So it's all about exposure. Well, it's, you know, if you read, and and we read this all the time, oh, this person is overnight success, or that product is overnight success. Um, We rarely hear about the story or where where this person started. And usually there's a lot of failed attempts and careers of various success before they reached the level of success that um, they have now. So for me, they're just nothing like an overnight success. So the title of the book is ironic. Yeah. And what was it that made you want to put down your experiences into a book for people to read? Mm. So as my social media and Instagram base grew, I started to get a lot of questions from young entrepreneurs asking me, how do you set up a business and what tips I would give them? Um, And then every time something crazy happened at work, that no one would even believe this happened, I would think this needs to go in a book. So, you know, I, I put I put it all together and I, I do believe I have a lot to say about 
what it took to be where I am today. And I felt I owe it to all the young entrepreneurs out there to share mm. my journey and just share the message that you can be an overnight success. You have to work hard. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. Um, so yeah, and, and the way I did it was if let's say I had a tough day at work, I would sit down and write about it and then put together a list of lessons learned from that experience. And if this happened to me again, how I would have dealt with it differently. Um, it, it was some sort of therapy, I guess, to yeah. write down about that day. It made me feel very good. Um, and then at the end, you know, I put all the notes together, a storyline, and made it into a book. Because, yeah, and that's what's nice about it is that it is, it's, it's a biography of, it's an autobiography of, of, your, of your work, but also there's these really nice kind of bits in between the chapters where it's, it's kind of like a how-to. So it really mm. is like a manual for people who are trying to start their own business, which is so helpful. Even stuff about social media or, yeah, or marketing, yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's a nice kind of, it's just a, it's a good way of, because sh you're sharing your yeah. all the stuff that you've been through. You know, you had to work in Starbucks for years. You had to yeah. um, work out of your back room for five years. And now you're kind of saying like, here's maybe how to like dodge that. So you're kind of giving everyone a bit of a... Yeah, an open door into what they could be doing. I mean, it's great. I've been I've been overwhelmed with the reaction that people had on the book. Um, I was speaking at the Beautycon conference last year in London, and I was doing a book signing at the end of it. And there was this young woman who was waiting on the line, and um, when I met with her, she started crying and saying, um, "I love your book. I got fired recently, and I wasn't. I was a a very, very low point in my life. And I read your book and that gave me hope. Um, it made me think in a different way. I went out there. I went for a dream job and I actually got it. And thank you for being honest and for sharing your experience and your lows. And that gave me confidence. And I just want to thank you for the book. So it's great to see that uh, my, my honesty um, throughout my journey and career has really inspired others to yeah. believe in themselves, um, whatever their circumstances and whatever struggles they're going through. And, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, that's so great. And also alongside, you know, making the book, alongside everything else that's going on in your life, you also launched a YouTube show called The Mrs. Rodeal Project, which you produced and starred in. Can you tell us about that for anyone that doesn't know what it is? Yeah, so... Um, a few years ago, I got involved um, in a project with the design school Central St. Martins, and I briefed the second year product design students to develop a makeup case for Rodeo. And I thought, what an interesting process. Let's, let's film it and, and see what comes out. Um, I got a couple of my friends involved, uh, Henry Holland and Erin O'Connor. That was really fun. And um, put together a little mini series, like a mini reality docu series, I guess, um, where I, where we show the drama and the glamour of running a beauty business. And it was a super fun project to be involved. Um, it, it took a lot of time and, and work. I'm never producing anything ever again. This is the first <laughs> and the last time. Now, but now I know what what it takes. And you know what was interesting was that that led me into a few few more TV opportunities uh, with Project Runway in the US as a, as a guest mentor. So all in all, a great experience. Yeah, that sounds great. 
So by this stage, you're an author, entrepreneur, uh, and, a, and a mother. I mean, like for me, it seems like the, the biggest question to ask you here is how do you manage to juggle everything? How do you fit everything in, you know, with exercising and with relaxing and with shopping and with fashion weeks and with social media and everything else on top of that? How do you manage to, yeah, to juggle all of those things at once? It's always, it's always evolving and I am still trying to find the balance. I work, my husband works, the kids are busy with, with school and activities. We, it's, it's hard to find time to see each other during the week. We do try to get together and, and spend some quality time um, on weekends and holidays. But yeah. it, it's hard, you know, it's not easy. No. And I bet, I mean, do you have, uh, what kind of diary do you use? Do you use like a manual diary or is it all in your phone? How do you organize it, yourself? <laughs> it's, well, it's all in the phone. Um, I have a, a great support system. Um, my husband is super supportive and uh, I wouldn't be doing what I do today if I didn't have his support. I have a very supportive family, a great team around me at work. So it's not something that you can do on your own. I do depend on a lot of other people and I'm very grateful to all of them. Yeah, a good strong team around you. Yeah. So I was wondering if you have any kind of personality traits that repeatedly kind of get you into trouble have you have you noticed something about your personality through starting businesses okay so i am very impatient <laughs> and i want things done yesterday and sometimes i have to pace myself um, to keep the balance with my team and not drive them crazy um yeah but it's something i have to work on <laughs> you want things done yesterday mm. great um and I was wondering also, as someone who reads your book or listens to this podcast might just think that everything is just rosy and everything's great and you go to work and everything's just done and you've got this great life and great career. But, you know, everyone has a bad day or like a just a, a day when things just are going wrong. How do you deal with days like that when things just aren't going well or a product is kind of something's going, mm. something's just going wrong? Are you OK at dealing with those kind of days? The, there's always drama and there's always something unexpected that comes my way from packaging arriving that's defective to a difficult conversation with a store to my staff resigning and having been poached by the competition i it, can't believe they get poached yeah yeah i mean it's it happens in, in, <laughs> in all industries um so there's there's always crazy dramas that happen and sometimes it all happens at the same time yeah um and you know it i still want to get the products into stores that we're not in and i i still have goals that i want to achieve that i get rejection so th there's a lot more that i need to do and i'm not there yet um so what i do when i have a really bad day i do a couple of things one is i have a little pack of um thank you cards uh and i have an um a folder within my inbox of thank you messages that i've received in the past that made me feel good and i Aww. go back and and read them again and and that takes me back to the feeling that i had when i achieved something um and makes me feel good so i keep those aside that's the first thing i do that's such a good idea to to keep like to archive yeah. the thank yous that's all you need is like a little boost, remembering yeah. that it's just a it's just a bad day and that everyone loves you and everyone's really thankful. That's such it, a clever it's good, thing to yeah. do. Yeah, it always helps. So I would do that, and then 
I accept that this is going to be a bad day. Um, I am devastated. I'm in a bad, bad mood. I mean, don't take me wrong. It's not all, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. we'll get over this. Um, I, I am human and, you know, I have insecurities and all sorts of thoughts go through my mind. Um, but then what I what I think to myself is, let's just get through the day. Uh, we'll get through the night. And if it's not tomorrow, there's, there's an even better day coming and it's around the corner. And it, statistically, there always is a good day. It could be the next day or a few days later. Um, so I'm waiting for that day. Great. Yeah. And how do you relax? When, if you, if you actually do. Yeah. No, I, I do relax. Um, Netflix and chill and family time. Yeah. yeah. They're the best ways. Yeah. And have you got a favorite place in the world that you like to kind of escape to? Mm. Or is there somewhere that you go when you're not working like a museum or like just a place where you feel like you can just drown everything out? I used to love traveling, but as I travel a lot for work, um, it, it can become a bit stressful. I love the English countryside, especially the Cotswolds. It's very relaxing and it's only a car journey away from London. Mm. So, so nice, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think is the, the biggest misconception that people have about you? Uh, people think that I lead a very glamorous lifestyle because that's what I show on Instagram. And But the reality is I'm at the office most day dealing with the good, the bad and the ugly and then home in pyjamas. But I guess who wants to see that on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's the boring stuff. I suppose there's going to be some people listening to this podcast um, who are maybe young or maybe they've just been fired or maybe they just want to have a bit of a change of direction in life. And maybe they're thinking about starting their own business, maybe not in beauty, but in something else. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to these people who might be thinking about doing a journey similar to the one you have done? I will give you three tips, okay? Um, my tip number one, do your research and make sure your idea is unique and it has a different point of view. If it isn't, try to find an angle that makes you really different so you can stand out from the competition. Um, tip number two, don't be afraid to make mistakes. The biggest rewards come from the biggest risks. And my tip number three is don't give up too quickly. Very little can be achieved from one day to the other, but a lot can be achieved over two years. Give yourself time and keep it up. There is nothing like an overnight success. Oh, nice place to end. <laughs> and with that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> with that in mind. Um, well, thank you, Maria. That was great. It Wait. was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it wasn't that bad telling my story. No, you didn't. Well, you didn't hate it. That's good. Well, yeah. I know you've told it before, but um, thank you for telling me again. And it's always a good story to hear. So we're going to have a little break now, but stay tuned to find out what we've been obsessing over this week. Welcome back. Um, we are here to tell you about our obsessions this week. If you care or not, doesn't matter. We are here. Yeah, <laughs> haven't left. <laughs> Maria, what are you obsessing over this week? 
Right. So um, it's been super crazy the last few weeks. Um, lots of travel, lots of jet lag. I uh, haven't had much sleep. So my savior is the Rodial Pink Diamond Mask. Um, I put it on for about half an hour wh while I'm watching Netflix and it plumps, lifts and illuminates my skin. And who needs a facial? It's the best thing that ever happened to me. So it's the Pink Diamond Rodial face mask. Sounds great. Yeah. Love a face mask. Make a note. Make a note. Um, and how about you? I just saw on social media that the new issue of the Gentlewoman magazine is out. And that's always a really exciting day in the magazine world of which I sort of try and mm -hmm. live in. Um, but yeah, there's a new issue out and it's Agnes Varda on the front cover and there's loads of great people inside it. And so after this, I'm just going to go and run and buy, buy a copy of it. And I love just getting a copy of the new issue of The Gentlewoman and just, I basically take myself away somewhere to like a cafe or a mm. restaurant and I have like a bit of like an hour of like alone time and just like read the whole thing and I love it and I can't wait to do that. Very excited. Oh, that sounds good. I should pick yeah. up a copy too. I love that magazine. It's yeah, it's really great cool. to travel with as well. Mm. Uh, nice and floppy. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I can't wait to read the new issue. Mm, exciting. Thank you so All much right. for today. Hope it wasn't too painful talking about yourself. No, it was, it was fun. <laughs> we got there at the end. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. If you like the Overnight Success Podcast, please make sure you tell a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating or comment. You can find me at Mrs. Rodia on Twitter and Instagram. This is the Overnight Success Podcast. I am Maria Hatzi-Stefanis. See you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 